The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Engaging conversation with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Breaking news with Eileen Bell and sports with Morley Scott. This is the Afternoon News on 630 Chad, Edmonton's breaking news and conversation station. It is um, hump, hump day. day. That's right. Wednesday on the 630 Chet Afternoon News. Almost halfway through the week. How could we forget that? I didn't. We, we well, started we just, with it. We paused a little. It was like we both had to catch up a well, little Well, I just didn't it. know when you were going to do it. Uh, we've got a pretty packed show today. But before we get to that, you were down at a walk a mile in your shoes today. I'm seeing with Ryan Jesperson. That's the morning guy, isn't it? He is. Yeah, that's yeah, the yeah. guy. We don't see him very often. No, no, no. no. Once a week to tape no. announcers and that's the about mil- it. it He's a my pillow guy. Oh, that's how that's I know the name. It. That's yeah. right. Anyway, always yeah. looks well rested. That guy, and, uh, and dressed well. Yeah, well, yeah. He's a snazzy, snazzy dresser. He dresses for. You know what? He told me one time, you dress for the job you want. I'm like, don't you have the job uh, you want? Well, no, I suspect. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, dress I'm for the job you want, not I'm, the one you have. I'm dressing for the one I had out of high school. Hey, listen. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me about Walk a Mile in Her Shoes. You know what? Walk a Mile in Her Shoes today went uh, really, really well. Surprisingly um, so, given the weather. Well, everyone who had registered showed up. And That's so when good. you're looking at four or 500 people who have registered, mm-hmm. um, they all showed up, which was fantastic. Um, we hit the goal. Which was? $220,000. Wow. Good on you. Before the walk started. That's so just fabulous. as we so we went into it with that goal having been uh, hit, so and more money kind of trickles in that sort of stuff. So uh, it was great. It was great to see you know the Edmonton Police Service have a team out there. Finning always a really good yes, big supporters. Uh, sponsor. You've yep. you've been to many of these. Have, you yep. know you know about it. Um, the shop- regulars are always there. I was going to say Shoppers Drug Shoppers Mart. Shoppers Drug yeah. Mart. Um, uh, as a team, there was over a hundred of them. Sixty eight thousand wow. dollars. Really. Uh, West Corp did really well. Um, Third Canadian Division. We had the Army guys out there. Um, we had some Air Who Force guys out there. always look great in heels, by the they way. Do, they do, and people love it. <laughs> um, you know, our friends from Yardstick. There were just so many people out there taking part. It, it was really great. So four or 500 uh, people, $220,000. Mm. was a little chilly. I'm sure it was. Um, you know, standing was out there. Was it slippery, more importantly? The rain, no, well, it was just rainy at that point. It hadn't mm. turned to ice. But uh, I would suggest that the guys were even more tentative than normal. Mm. It was funny, our buddy Chris Sheets from downstairs at uh, Kissing Country, he's walking around holding his boots, like his big... What, like just he, in case he had to make a quick I, change? Yeah, I'm or? not sure what it was. Oh. <laughs> or he didn't trust the people around him. He didn't want to leave them somewhere. I'm not sure what it was, but it was like he was ready to throw off the high heels and get back on the combine. Hey, a uh, question for you, and you may not know the answer to this. Do those red shoes go on tour? I mean, or do they just get put away till next year? <laughs> do, they, do, do they go to an event? Well, there's lots of different color shoes now, and lots oh, okay. of different uh, heights and, and that sort of stuff. Those shoes, I believe, if I remember correctly, are shared between here and Calgary. Okay. And they go to the different uh, to the different walks. So there's a truck full of high-heeled shoes somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's good. I wondered about that because that's quite an investment. There's a lot of There's shoes there. There's a lot there. of shoes there. Yeah. There's a lot of shoes there. We had uh, the basketball players. We had the teams from Nate. And nice. Yeah, so always just a really great turnout. It's just... Uh, teams from Nate. Did you have the hockey team from Nate? No. The one that played the rookies last mm. night? Mm. That was like 9-1, I yeah. think. Was the, yeah, wow. No, they didn't Yikes. need to be hurting more. <laughs> yeah. They played like they were on high heels. No, I didn't even what's, see the game. You know what's know. funny, though, is, and you've done this. Mm-hmm. 
two things. First thing, when the guys show up and grab their high heels, they put them on immediately. Yeah. It's like, never had these on before. Or maybe I haven't. I'm going to show you how I'm going to walk in them. Um, but it's like I went up to a couple of the police officers. I'm like, really? Just don't put them on yet. You're going to be standing yet for an hour. Mm-hmm. That's the worst part. And that's the worst part. Standing in heels. For and an I don't hour. I don't mind listening to you guys yeah, speak talking. and everything, but... You feel like you can't, you could fall over at any moment. I know. Yeah. So I'm like, just give it. Like, keep your boots on for a, a little while. Keep your boots on and then put them on. Oh, no, we got to get, like, I don't think that's a good idea. Climatize? No. Definitely and then not. the guys that think that it's got to be a race. I know, I'm one of them. Although I think the Army guy set a pretty hefty pace right off the top. Yeah. And uh, they were the first ones to, to, to go all, because we went all the way around the block this time. Like That's all right. around the block, and they were the first one to show back up. We thought it was going to take much longer. <laughs> so was it like a marathon then, where they all, from your perspective, your vantage point, they all disappeared? And oh, then yeah, they disappeared again? and reappeared, oh, really? yeah. Well, that makes it kind so of interesting. So we went down 104th and then um, down to Jasper, then back up 105th and, and uh, 100th and back down again. Wow. It was good times. Excellent. It was a good time. So anyway, so thank you to everyone who's come out, uh, who came out to that and who supported that on the show today. Um, yeah, we're going to go to Humboldt. We're going to do that fairly shortly. We're also going to give you an update on Hurricane Florence with our Washington, D.C. correspondent, uh, Reggie Cicchini, at 2.35. Kim Layton, Bob Layton's son, who mm. is a personal trainer, actually, uh, trained um, a couple of the su- surviving members of the Humboldt Broncos, and he's on his way to that game tonight. So mm. we're going to talk to them. We're going to take a break here. When we come back, we're going to dial up um, Global Regina and Global Saskatoon evening news anchor uh, Carlisle Fizette right after this. He was a kid. He'd be up at five. Take shots till eat and make the thing drive out of the school and back on ice. That was his life. He was going to play in the big league. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau says 37 million Canadians will be cheering on the Humboldt Broncos tonight. The Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League team playing against uh, the Nippon Hawks in a sold-out season opener. Of course, how can any of us forget April 6th when the Broncos bus on the way to a game against that same team collided with the semi, killing 16 people. Now, there is going to be a post-game tribute to the victims. Lots going on in Humboldt uh, today. Joining us with more details is Global Regina and uh, Global Saskatoon Evening News anchor Carlisle Fizet. He is in Humboldt this afternoon. Thanks for joining us, Carlisle. Thanks for having me, guys. All right. So tell us, uh, tell us where you are, what you're seeing, what uh, what the mood's been like there today. I am currently uh, in the media center, which is basically in a building directly adjacent to the Elder Peterson. Uh, arena and you know what right now it's it's actually kind of quiet it's uh the mood is i think anticipatory uh but there aren't there is no one really from the public who's here quite yet we're still uh mostly just media members milling about getting our our own work ready for the for what's to come later on this evening so i would say anticipation is is uh the biggest word i would use to describe the mood um not really seeing too many uh faces other than uh colleagues at this point <laughs> boy i can just imagine honestly the pressure that's going to be placed upon those uh players tonight and uh, just given the significance 
of this game. Have you had an opportunity to talk to anybody from the Broncos organization? Uh, not myself personally. A couple of my colleagues at Global have been. The, the organization, and I think understandably so, has been pretty... Uh, they've kept a pretty tight lid for this entire week, basically. Um, they want to make sure the players don't have anything other than what's going on uh, tonight on the ice to focus on. Um, I know a couple of my colleagues have spoken to uh, the, the coach and uh, new president, who uh, Nathan Oystrick, who has uh, been basically the, the main voice on behalf of the players. Um, so at this point, it's almost impossible to know uh, what's really going through their minds who can even imagine because mm. uh, we haven't really been able to talk to them and uh, obviously they've got so much going on with this uh, the attention that's being paid to this to this game that uh, i think they've been given their space and understandably so carlisle can you give us an idea of, of what's going to happen this evening as far as uh the game the tribute that sort of thing there's going to be a post-game ceremony afterwards, and as, as you mentioned, it will honor uh, the victims of the crash, but it's also going to be a celebration as well. Uh, everyone involved with the Humboldt Broncos organization uh, knows how significant the impact has been on this community as a whole. Uh, so as much as this will be a remembering, the whole event, of course, is, is designed as uh, ushering in the next chapter of, of this team for this community, uh, and that really is, is going to be the focus tonight in, in a celebration of players who, uh, who did lose their lives, uh, the ones who are going to pick up that torch and carry it forward. You know, I wanted to ask you about that specifically, uh, not only as a member of the media, but as a uh, person who lives in Saskatchewan. Of course, the, the support has been overwhelming since this incident took place, since this accident's happened. And, but I just wondered if there's a feeling at all of wanting to move on or just, you know, start looking ahead? I think that's, I think that's the right way to look at it. Nobody, nobody wants to forget. Nobody's ever going to forget uh, what happened, and, and that's never going to be something that uh, is going to be uh, fall by the wayside. But, but you're right. In terms of moving on, uh, <laughs> the, uh, the coach described it as, as we want to find out what our new normal is mm-hmm. uh, in the game tonight. And, and for these hockey players, these are, are kids that are still embarking on their junior hockey careers. They've, they've got a full season ahead of them. So there is an element of this for sure of let's get into a routine. And, yeah, tonight's going to be crazy. It's, it's not going to be what, uh, what every game is going to be like. Uh, but it's definitely a matter of we do have to play hockey season here. And for the kids on the ice, I'm sure that's uh, going to be what they're going to try and get to get to that point as soon as possible. And I think that's probably, you know, the the smart plan of having that uh, tribute to the victims after the game, not before the game, because, mm-hmm. you know, what an impact that would have on, on the players on, on the ice and then trying to um, play hockey when the puck drops. I think yeah. that uh, would be rather overwhelming. Yeah. And you know what? I got to tell you, too. You, my son asked me yesterday, I was talking about this game with him and he asked me yesterday, he said, do you think the other team will let them win and i said no, no. they're athletes <laughs> yeah it, but you bring up the other team as well nipwin this is an interesting situation they're they're being put in as well they i mean they're the team that was waiting for humboldt mm-hmm. uh, to play that playoff game back in april so for them uh there's there's players still on the team who are who never actually got to finish that playoff series and these teams are going to play again in Nipawin on Friday, and mm-hmm. that's another angle of this that's interesting. Is mm. they've got to take that bus trip. In fact, one of the uh, 
one of the players, uh, Braden Camrude, who was uh, one of the two returning players who's on the bus, uh, described it as the road trip they never finished. Yeah. Uh, and they're going to finish it on Friday when they have to nip one. And how 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 impactful is it going to be when they go back by that spot mm. where that accident happened? Man, oh man! Um, when you look around Humboldt, uh, Carlisle, is there still lots of you know pictures of you know posters of support up, or there's still hockey sticks out, or the green and yellow ribbons still all around? I know I'm, I'm looking at the 16 sticks that are outside the arena door uh, right now that are right by the main entrance for the Elgar Peterson that people are going to walk by as they enter the entrance. There's also uh, pictures of each of the players who passed away. Uh, as you drive in the main street, there's uh, an individual uh, sign posted for each one as you drive in. So there's, there's reminders everywhere, uh, and each, each individual who is affected by the event will, uh, will be sure to be at the forefront of everybody from as soon as they walk in the door. You know, it might be an unfair question, but I'm, I'm, I'm really curious. So, as I said a moment ago, you know, the support that came throughout the world, really, I was going to say the country, but the world was overwhelming, it was there. But, of course, at some point, uh, focus turns to the driver of the truck and what's going on with that investigation, and then the charges were laid, and, and there was, you know, anger follows one of the natural progressions of these sort of stories. We're uh, not talking about the case itself. We know where that stands, but what's the feel in your province um, about the court case still to to be heard? Is is it still something that everybody's following closely? Uh, it's something that I, I know in, in our own uh, newsroom, we obviously have are keeping an eye on it. I have been, I was actually in uh, at the press conference when the charges were laid uh, to hear those and, and then the immediate reaction was uh, definitely one of anger. I know uh, the truck driver and, and even a gentleman who had a similar name to him felt the brunt of uh, uh, targeted hatred, for lack of a better word, online. Uh, there's definitely anger towards that, but uh, I won't say necessarily speak generally for the public, but I will say uh, over the weekend, one of the mothers, uh, Trisha Wack of uh, Stephen Wack, he was one of the players who passed away. She actually penned a letter uh, forgiving Jasper to do the man who is accused in the in the case. Um, there is a wide spectrum of how people deal with grief. That was how she chose to to move forward and, and ended up forgiving him. Whether that takes it, it's a long court process to come, and I'm sure there'll be a wide range of emotions that come with it. Uh, but there is some level of. Uh, forgiveness at least on on the part of uh one mother and maybe that's, that's part of it when we talk well, about moving on maybe we need those are milestones we need to get to we need to get this game out of the way we need to get that court case yeah. settled we need to have an outcome i think for the families in particular and for the 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 billet families and the friends yep. and all of that sort of stuff that all everyone heals in their own time and and some may forgive and want to move on because that's they they think that's the best way to do it some may never forgive they may carry that forever so you know it's going to be a, it's a it's a it's an individual process mm-hmm. all the way through uh carlisle i think you're going to be in for a very emotional evening this evening i i know that the hockey game is going to be uh, live streamed uh, on our Facebook page uh, as well. And then uh, I know the, the radio stations and the TV stations, CBC Global CTV, can uh, join the post-ceremony live. Uh, we look forward to seeing more of your coverage this evening, Carlisle. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. All right. Take care. That is Carlisle Fizette. He is the... Um, 
Global Regina and Global Saskatoon Evening News Anchor. Hmm. Apparently one news anchor covering that province now. Yeah, there you go. Uh, still to come on the show this afternoon, as you mentioned off the top, we're going to talk about uh, the uh, storms that are brewing. Hurricane <laughs> Florence quickly approaching uh, parts of the United States coastline. Um, man, I... Did you see... I, I don't want to start anything here, but did you see the Trump announcement on... Florence, and he talked about, for whatever reason, as Trump has a tendency to do, he sort of got off... About Puerto Rico? About Puerto Rico. And what a good job they did there? Unsung uh, success, he called it. But 3,000 people died. Yeah, more, more people and, died in Puerto Rico after that yeah. that event than did die in the towers that we were remembering this week yeah, as and well. If, and if you ask the people of Puerto Rico about what was handled there, mm-hmm. no, it wasn't good. Yeah, and, and again... And the number of Puerto Ricos, Puerto Ricans who have left to go to mainland yeah. United States and how they're rallying them now for the upcoming um, uh, midterm elections. And I know, you know, many of our listeners support the politics of President Trump and many of them get, mm-hmm. you know, their backs up when we talk about it. Uh, and about the media in general talking about Trump, but he, he's got to stop putting out statements like that. Like, it's just, it's it's erroneous and, and it's sort of confrontational. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it you know you're going to get pushback to a statement like that and it simply isn't accurate. I don't know why he does that. And, you know, then media reports it and then media's then beating mad, up on yeah. Trump, no, right? Like, it, stop saying things well, like that. Well, do you that. remember, was it the governor or whoever it was that day, you know, talking, um, doing an interview in a candlelit room saying, no, you, this has been let down. We're, you know, we're dying here. Yeah. <laughs> but you go back, you look at what happened. You remember uh, remember Katrina and what happened with Katrina? What yeah. happened there with with Bush as well? And yes. I remember remember Anderson Cooper just you know laying it on the line during an interview to I think it was the governor of um, of uh, Louisiana at that time, just saying, "No, we are we are dying here. There's bodies floating mm-hmm. here." Yeah. He was the one that was calling her out, and you know it was like they were living in some bubble over here when other one was thinking, "No, this is what's actually happening." Yeah, and I saw Cooper do a piece on Trump, as you know he would uh, as a result of that um, statement about uh, you know the unsung success of Puerto Rico and here's the thing so Cooper brings up a lot of that like mm-hmm. uh, he goes back historically right and that's when Trump supporters and and were anti-media people say well there's the media digging up stories from two years ago but they wouldn't have that opportunity if Trump would not make bold statements it's hard I think as a reporter well, not bold statements false statements. Fa- false statements so yeah it's hard as a I think as a you know, uh, a high-profile media member, one who mm. is known for, you know, f- criticizing Trump, it's hard for them to just go, eh, well, let's not bring up those other three. It would be harder for them to do it if Trump would stop saying things like well, that. Well, you know what? In this text, I, this guy just nailed it, said, hey, Trump comment, Trump's comments aren't for, are, are not at us or to us. Yeah. They are for and to the deep state. You're People right. who follow him blindly. You're right. No matter what he says. You're absolutely yeah. right. And it, it I, I think for most people, honestly, they at least suspect that statements are not true, and many know them not to be true, but you're right, because that's not who he's trying to appeal to, so he just puts it out there, you know, big success. One of our listener trips, we we, yes. we dealt with that firsthand. We did. With, uh, with, a, with a, he was a watermelon farmer, wasn't he? Yes, he was. And uh, getting into, he was still going on about Obama and the yeah, certificate. Yeah, the birth certificate and, and all that. You know, all the sort of stuff, and oh, it was just, so just, Stop. I know. <laughs> I know. It's just like I say, it was that was a false statement proven to be false. But his you're right. Like and this texture is right. And this these other textures are right now. There are many voicing their opinion on a text line 630, 630. 
the original message gets out. The people who support blindly the president say, yep, there it is, proof, right? And then they don't listen to anything after that because that's all just fake news. So it works. Uh, the 2.30 News coming up. When we come back, uh, we, well, we had just been talking about uh, Humboldt and that game tonight, Hockey Night in Humboldt, if you will. Um, two of the survivors of that crash are going to be on the ice this evening. Kim Layton from Edmonton trained one of those young men, Derek Patter. We'll talk with Kim Layton after this. The 6.30 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad.